Welcome back to another edition of It's Raining Mets. I'm CBS 21 meteorologist Steve Knight. Yeah, it's the last edition of 2022. Let me be one of the first to wish you a happy new year. I hope 2022 was a great year for you. And as we head into 2023, what a wild weather ride, right? Over the last week, I mean, just unbelievable. Last week we did the podcast and we talked about you know, the cold temperatures and uh, how it was going to be one of the coldest Christmas weekends that we've had around here in 10 to 20 years. And boy, when the numbers came out, that was certainly the case. Uh, the coldest day was uh, Christmas Eve. During the day, our high temperature was just 15 degrees. We were calling for 18. We didn't get there. Uh, we were within that three degree, though, window that I usually like to say is kind of like that grace period. Like if you're within three degrees of the high, we usually uh, like to think of that as somewhat acceptable. Of course, we always want to hit the bullseye, but uh, 15 was the high temperature on Christmas Eve. That did tie a record for the coldest high temperature on Christmas Eve uh, for the 24th day of December. We did tie a record there. Didn't break any overnight records, uh, but with the winds, boy, uh, both Friday night and then again uh, on Saturday night, Christmas Eve, uh, we had wind chills down below zero. Friday night was pretty much the worst of it. We woke up uh, Saturday morning uh, with wind chills. I believe the where we bottomed out, at least that I saw at HIA, was minus 17. Uh, that was the feels-like temperature on Saturday morning of uh, last week. I got to tell you, I worked Christmas Day, and it did feel warmer, which is crazy to say. It was still breezy, uh, but not quite as windy as it was when the Arctic front came through. And then uh, our high temperature was 25 officially on Christmas Day. So didn't break any records there, uh, but we did tie what we call the mini max or the record low high on Christmas Eve with that high temperature of just 15. Uh, Christmas Day was 25. It took us a little while this week, though, to kind of start that warm up. And that's what we kind of felt would happen, that we'd start the week, you know, Monday, Tuesday, you know, a few degrees down below average. Uh, Monday, we were mid to low 30s. And then uh, we really bumped things up here. Uh, for the back half of the week, to the point of where we're talking about high temperatures now for the New Year's weekend, at least the high for Saturday, I've got us about 40 degrees warmer uh, than where we were last Saturday. So I do believe as we head into this weekend, we're going to have highs in the mid-50s for both your Saturday and your Sunday. Of course, we're getting an awful lot of questions about rain because, as we all know, uh, New Year's Eve, big night to be out and about and it's a big night, really, to be out. Um, you know, there's so many outdoor activities that go on on New Year's Eve. Uh, so many of the the infamous drops or raises around central Pennsylvania, whether it's the kiss in Hershey that they raise. New one this year. I think this is really cool. Talk about playing on on the history of your town and, and uh, you know, what it means in uh, the lore of American history and uh, a great, great man. But uh, Gettysburg this year, in case you didn't hear, they are raising a stovepipe hat, like a 15-foot-high stovepipe hat, like those old school, like the stovepipe hat that Abraham Lincoln famously wore uh, that were, uh, you know, of the fashion of the day uh, back in the 1800s, in the late 1800s. So uh, they are going to raise that on uh, Saturday night to count down to the new year at midnight. And hopefully that's a tradition, and I'm sure it will, uh, that will take off. Uh, in Gettysburg, you get the pickle in Dillsburg, the wrench in Mechanicsburg. I could go on and on. Um, if I if I left out your town, I apologize. But 
Um, there's so many that go on. And all of this, of course, is so dependent on weather. Look, they go off rain or shine. Uh, a lot of them do incorporate fireworks. I do believe that rain would probably literally put the damper on fireworks. So the big question this week has been not so much, you know, are we going to get rain on Saturday, but when and what does that mean for our New Year's Eve celebrations? And, you know, where I've got it right now is, and this is just based on some of the more current data that I've been looking at. I do think uh, lunchtime moving forward on Saturday, we're looking at some scattered showers Steadiest rain as it stands right now, I'm thinking probably four, five, six, seven o'clock, uh, eight, nine o'clock. Uh, most spots, depending on location, give or take about a quarter of an inch of rain. And uh, as of right now, there are indications that at least the steadiest rain will move out by 10, 1030 on Saturday night. There could be a leftover stray shower, but in terms of you know the main push of the rain shield, uh, as of right now, feeling pretty good about the idea that uh, the steadiest rain will be over with and that if you are going to be out and about at midnight, it does look mainly dry here in central PA. So, uh, you know, if you're debating on going out and it's raining outside at eight, nine o'clock, you, you may want to stay in. Or for those folks that, you know, if you're going to be in a place like Gettysburg, Mechanicsburg, Harrisburg, obviously uh, there are establishments where you can stay inside and uh, stay dry and uh and then maybe head outdoors uh just in time for some of that revelry uh around midnight so we certainly wish you a safe new year's eve celebration remember of course that uh you know you've got to designate have a plan make sure you designate a driver uber lyft anymore you know when i was coming up uh you know when i was in my 20s uh, you had to get a taxi cab or have a designated driver and getting a taxi cab on New Year's Eve could be difficult, but uh, anymore. And this is what I tell my own sons. I've got a, I've got a son who's 22 and I've got one who's 20. This is what I tell them. Like, you know, there is zero excuse anymore for getting behind the wheel impaired considering uh, Uber and Lyft and how easy it is to uh, have somebody get you around and uh, <laughs> get you around and get you where you need to be safely. So Bear that in mind here. Celebrate safely here over the course of the uh, New Year's weekend. So it is going to be mild New Year's Day. I Boy, I got to tell you. So the record for New Year's Day uh, goes back to 2005, and it's 64 degrees. And I remember that very well because, it, yes, it was warm, but it was also sunny. That was the one time, only once, that I agreed to do a polar plunge. And, you know, one of those where you go and you jump in the river and you get out and, you know, uh, it's for charity. Uh, you know, I, to be honest with you, I would rather just donate money than actually do the polar plunge itself. I have zero interest in jumping in, you know, frozen river or ice chunks floating in it, that type of thing. Uh, but I did do one in 2005. And I can't remember how, why, or what the circumstances were for me getting rodeoed into doing <laughs> a polar plunge on January 1st. But I did do one. And uh, boy, did I luck out. The weatherman lucked out that year because we had sunshine. And I, I agreed to it well in advance. It wasn't like I agreed to it the day before, knowing it was going to be really warm. I had agreed to it months in advance. And uh, boy, was I happy when uh, January 1st rolled around in 2005 and we had that high temperature of 64 degrees. It was sunny that day. It was freakishly warm uh, for January 1st. So I don't think we're going to get there, but we are talking about highs, mid 50s, some spots. Who knows? Maybe make a run at 60, depending how things set up here over the weekend. Um, so that's really good news for New Year's Day. 
Are you a pork and sauerkraut person? I love it. I already got uh, my pork roast. Got it at Carnes. I'll give Carnes a shout out here. Got it at Carnes. They've got uh, the bone-in pork roasts on sale for $1.99 a pound. So uh, I was at Carnes earlier this morning. I got my pork roast. I got my sauerkraut. Got my potatoes. I'm a big fan of the pork and sauerkraut. Um, but here's the key for making pork and sauerkraut, in my opinion. All right. I make it all in a roasting pan. I put the sauerkraut on on the bottom as a base. And then I put the pork roast in fat side up so that that, you know, drains down through and keeps the pork moist and gets into the sauerkraut. But in my opinion, this is the key. Brown sugar. You have to put uh, some brown sugar on top of the pork roast and put a little bit in with the sauerkraut as well. Takes a little bit of the bite out of the sauerkraut, uh, gives it a little bit of a sweeter taste, uh, gives your pork a little bit of a sweeter taste. You know, now remember, you know, tradition, you'd always see Especially, you know, watching cartoons back in the day, you know, that the pig would have an apple in its mouth, right? When they go to do the pig roast and whatnot, uh, a little bit of sweet with your pork, especially when serving it with sauerkraut and then who doesn't love mashed potatoes. So I am a big proponent of the pork and sauerkraut. I even make it, I probably make it a couple times a year, uh, always on new year's day. And, uh, I like it so much that I have been known to make it again, like in January, February, it's definitely a winter meal. No doubt about it. It's not, I don't get a craving for pork and sauerkraut on the 4th of July. That's for sure. Um, but at any rate, I'm a, I am a proponent of the pork and sauerkraut. Um, so it, look, it's going to be a real nice day on uh, new year's day. And you may even be able to handle taking that meal outside. If you have a big group coming to your house, uh, or maybe even just out in the garage, you set up the picnic table, and that's a good way to accommodate a lot of guests. So, yeah, real nice warm day. Monday, many folks are off Monday, and um, I know overwhelming majority of uh, kids and students are off on Monday as well. And that also is looking like a nice day with high temperatures in the mid to low 50s. So uh, Monday looks like it's going to work out for that day off. Uh, I know a lot of folks, myself included, will be indoors on Monday at 5 o'clock for the Rose Bowl, Penn State, and Utah. Who would have thought with about uh, three weeks to go in the season that Penn State would wind up in the Rose Bowl? Uh, things had to fall their way, and they did, with obviously Michigan and Ohio State winding up in the college football playoff. And um, if you haven't seen Penn State, the line's been moving a little bit. Uh, but they are, I'm going to turn this into a sports podcast, but Hey, we're talking Penn state here. So hopefully you have some interest in that, but, uh, the line's been moving a little bit. Last I saw it was down to two earlier in the week. It was, uh, Utah being a two and a half point favorite. The last I saw, excuse me, was, uh, that Utah was a, a two point favorite. So it's come down a little bit in Penn state's favorite. Uh, but uh, bottom line is likely going into the game, Utah will be a slight favorite in this game. I think it's going to be a real good game. Um, my exposure to Utah somewhat limited. I did watch them play USC in the Pac-12 championship game, and I got to tell you, they worked USC over pretty good. And if USC would have won that game, they would have been in the college football playoff. So USC is a pretty good team, and uh, Utah worked them over. Flip side is for Penn State. Obviously, you toss the Ohio State and Michigan losses, and the Ohio State loss was far more competitive than the Michigan loss. But if you toss those, they put together a pretty good season. Uh, kind of had to pull one out against Purdue early on at Purdue, but uh, Purdue won the Western Conference in the Big Ten and played for the Big Ten Championship. So uh, that loss, in retrospect, looked pretty good. I thought coming into the season that Purdue was going to be a pretty respectable team. 
Um, struggled a little bit against Northwestern. I was at that game. The weather was absolutely miserable. Um, but uh, took care of business against Michigan State last home game of the season when they had to. Uh, Michigan State gave them a little bit of a game there in the second half, and then Penn State pulled away. So, by and large, look, a pretty good season for Penn State. Uh, I'm not going to pick against them. Um, I think it's going to be a good game. I think Penn State wins a tight one. But uh, Utah's got a formidable defense. Penn State's got some really good young players. And without getting off on too much of a tangent, if there's one thing that I wish Penn State would have done differently this year is play the freshman Drew Aller at quarterback a bit more than they did. I think they had some opportunities uh, to get him into games, and uh, James Franklin didn't do it. His loyalty to Sean Clifford. And look, Sean Clifford, it's unfortunate. Um, he, he was a he's going to go down uh, as being in the hall of good or the hall of very good in terms of Penn State quarterback. Sean Clifford put together a good career at Penn State, uh, but he just you know his record against the elite teams was just uh, not good enough in terms of many fans' eyes, myself included. At some point in time, you've you've got to dock that boat and uh, do a little better against Ohio State and Michigan. But at any rate, Sean Clifford, certainly a very respectable career at Penn State. And, of course, he will get the nod uh, in the Rose Bowl. So looking forward to next year with Penn State, a very good young team, a lot of good young talent, of course, when you talk about uh, Allen and Singleton at running back. And uh, uh, Drew Aller, I think, has a, a chance to be a very, very good quarterback for Penn State. So a lot of people that I talk to really think Drew Aller has just exceptional, exceptional arm talent. And uh, when they see him up close and they see the way he throws the ball, uh, a lot of people are drooling over the prospects of Drew Aller uh, being Penn State's starting quarterback, hopefully for at least two seasons and uh, maybe more. We will have to see. So. Monday looks like a nice day, a dry day. If you are going to be going out and about, maybe to take in the Rose Bowl, I think the weather is going to certainly cooperate. And a pretty calm, quiet day with temperatures uh, mid to low 50s. Still warm through the middle of next week. And uh, as it stands right now, I do think we're going to have some rain chances uh, Tuesday into Wednesday. A little early to kind of pinpoint that, but do be prepared to once again have some rain around. So not necessarily a bad thing to start things out with some rain here in uh, 2023. Uh, we are going to go down with likely, give or take, probably about a two-inch rainfall deficit uh, for the year of 2022, which isn't a big deal. We don't have any real drought concerns in and around central PA. But uh, when the dust settles, it will have been a slightly, very slightly dry year here in central Pennsylvania. Uh, so good to get the year off uh, on a start here, especially in the middle of the week with some rain chances next week. Now, by the end of the week, uh, another cold front's going to come through. And I think that is going to kind of flip the pattern for us for the second half of January to some more seasonable numbers. Uh, right now, looking ahead to Farm Show Week, and we all know the lore of, of Farm Show Week and Farm Show Week weather. Uh, right now, I think Farm Show Week, it doesn't look exceptionally cold, but the warm temperatures that we're going to have leading up to it are probably going to be a thing of the past. So I think right now, Farm Show Week will play out, by and large, average, you know, close to where we should be, seasonable, however you want to put it. Uh, with you know highs each day somewhere in like the 36 to 42 degree category, which on average is uh, about where we should be. So uh, not exceptionally cold. If we were to have any infamous farm show snow, uh, that would most likely have to occur. The timing would have to work out right with the precipitation where it would have to come in uh, overnight, early morning when we still got to have the, the cold air in place. Wouldn't surprise me if we had uh, some slop during farm show week, maybe some wintry mix that changes over to plain rain. 
that kind of uh, just marginal wintry precipitation. But I do think, uh, as it stands right now, that the uh, mid-January into the back half of January and the, the tail end of January, we may see our La Nina pattern break down a little bit. And uh, we could have some colder air around here uh, late January into February. And uh, that may be our best time if we're going to get, quote unquote, a big one uh, this year. Uh, target target dates might be late January uh, into mid-February. So write that down. And I'm going to try to remember that as well when we do the podcast that uh, I sat here on the last one of 2022 and kind of got dialed in on late January through mid-February as a pretty good chance for us to maybe put together a significant snowstorm. So that's something that we'll be watching heading into the new year. But I got to tell you, in the meantime, enjoy this nice, mild weekend that we've got for you here as we ring in the new year. Again, some shower chances that I do think will have mainly wrapped up in time for midnight on Saturday night. And then a couple of back-to-back really nice days uh, for both uh, Sunday and Monday, especially in terms of temperature. Uh, both days I've got us in the mid-50s. And uh, I do think with the rain coming through the middle of next week, we we could do better than 60 uh, a couple of days next week. But with that, it is going to be cloudy, rainy. It's not like we're going to have uh, abundant sunshine. Then look for a cool down just in time. Uh, obviously, the food court opens uh, next Friday for the farm show, uh, which is the actual date for that is going to be the 6th. And then the the food court opens on the 6th as per tradition. And then the farm show itself opens up on uh, Saturday the 7th. And oh, incidentally, I should mention before we say goodbye and wrap up this week's episode, uh, we will be back live 100% at the farm show this year. Uh, We're going to be doing the noon newscast at the farm show, uh, Monday through Friday, the 9th through the 13th, and then also the 5, 5.30 and 6 o'clock news will all be live uh, at the farm show. We've got uh, our engineering staff is out there working away and uh, building the set for us that we use. So uh, look for us. Uh, if you're heading to the farm show, be sure to stop by and say hello. We'd love to chat with you. We'd love to say hi. Uh, the only thing I'll say is if you catch me when we're actually in the middle of a newscast and I, uh, you know, I, I don't get a chance to maybe talk to you or, or, or really talk as much as I would. It's because I've got people in my ear and we're in the middle of a newscast, but beyond that, by all means, stop by and say hello. I'd, I'd love to meet you and love to chat with you. I love the farm show. I grew up here. Most of you that listen to the podcast know that it is a tradition in my life as well as yours and uh, really excited to be back full force at the farm show. And uh, I'll be out there with the noon news with Candace. And then of course, Tom Joel D and Jasmine will be out there live uh, between five and six 30 that entire week, the ninth through the 13th. So we hope to see you at the farm show. And with that, we'll wrap up uh, this week's edition. We wish you a happy prosperous new year in 2023. Enjoy the warm temperatures. And thanks for tuning in to another edition of it's raining Mets.